want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, Ursa, San Diego. I bumped into a friend of mine from New York City. What do you know? What's the chance of that? We're going to talk about Ringo. We're going to talk about a water bottle that has been optimized for your phone to work out with. Chris is a serial entrepreneur of consumer products. I was privy to his first startup and watched the growth there. And we're going to watch the growth of this one. We're going to talk about it first. So it's kind of like a movie script, and then you're just going to play out the rest of it, and then in a couple of years you'll tell me how it went yeah, according to the plan. Good. Awesome. So give your background, and we're going to, sh- going to shoot from there. Yeah, so I'm a designer by training. Uh, always wanted to create products and bring them to market. And uh, my first venture was a, a product by the name of, a company by the name of Prepped. We made lunchboxes for grown-ups. It was in that time when everyone was meal prepping, showing off their meal prep on Instagram. And uh, we decided to make a really cool lunchbox, meal prep set, app with nutritionists and chefs to make your own lunch and take it to work. Crazy. And, and it, it was a pretty cool design. It was like yeah. well put together from like a storage standpoint and from mm-hmm. a square footage and yeah. like, you know, fashionable yeah. and function. Fashion meets function. Yeah. Well, meets we wanted prepped. people to feel like proud to take their lunch. You know right. what I mean? Like get instead out of, and Instead of like, like your little Tupperware that has exactly. all like the, the scratched ice box yeah. on it and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we started that with the from scratch, first first company. And uh, we did $5 million in our first year in, in sales. Wow. And it was just- Through what kind crazy. of distribution? Just e-commerce, direct? All D2C. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. And then you end up selling that to a strategic, you said? Yeah. And what did they do with it? Did they continue it on? Yeah, well, we actually joined the team, worked for them for two years and made uh-huh. a bunch of more products for them and they're awesome. going strong. That's great, that's great. So I'm sure your entrance into the fitness industry was because of my influence. So thank you for coming into the Halo sector. Of course. Whether that's true or not, let's just make it that way because it's better for the podcast. You've always been an inspiration, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Talk about why you saw this as, a, as an opportunity and how in your designer mind you convince yourself that I could create a product. I might not have like full patent protection, but my design my coloring, my packaging, the way I think about it. I don't look at like a market the way maybe somebody might on like an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, like, hey, that market's taken. You're like, well, you got to reimagine or reinvent it or you got to think like I think. So, so how does your brain work? Well, you know, this- Is product, that a good question you're comfortable with? Yeah, yeah. Right, this sure. product came about, um, you know, it was with some friends. We're in the Florida Keys, catching up. We hadn't seen each other in a really, really long time. Um, we were all trying to take a group photo on the back of a small boat. And classic, put the water bottle up against the phone, kept on slipping, couldn't get the angle, terrible photos, and just thought, you know what? Why don't these water bottles, the things we carry with us on hikes, on boats, whenever we're traveling, when we're working out, 
actually hold the phone. So it went away, started sketching, and we're like, actually, no, this would really work in the gym. This would really work for people that want to, you know, take photos of themselves but don't want to carry a tripod around. Right. It becomes a tripod that you have with you all the time, and uh, you know, put it out there, and the response has been incredible. And with regards to the patentability, I mean, we have this product is really hard to make. It's beautifully designed. There's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Um, but it's also, we have design patents and we have a pending utility. So actually there is some decent level of protection there too. Gotcha. So, you know, talk about the name, how that came up. Well, we didn't want to call it like the pod bottle. You know, we wanted something that could almost sound like a dog's name. Something, grab your Ringo, grab your... So it took a long time uh, to come up with the name. Eventually managed to be Ringo because it's got a circular ring on the top. You take it on the go, carry it like this. Like Ringo that. makes sense. Yeah. And where are you at when you when you design a product? You know, a lot of people say, I'm just going to put this together and, you know, I'm just going to run to market. And so what are some of the things that you have to think about when you're designing this type of product? And you're thinking about, okay, how can somebody get hurt? What's the chance that somebody, the, the magnet doesn't work in their phone and then I, they crack the screen? Um, what kind of util, what type of materials is weighted enough in order to make sure? But talk us through some of the things that maybe behind meets the eye of like how cool it looks. What are some of the things that a designer needs to think about? And the reason why I ask you this is also because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and I think you have to design your studio, your programming, your sales script. Everything needs to have a reason behind it and it actually has to make sense from either physics, common sense, passion or behavior, something like yeah. that. So start there. Yeah, I mean, with regards to like the design process, we wanted something that was super durable. We wanted something that was best in class. We wanted to use the best materials, the best hinges. You know, this hinge has to carry, uh, you know, a liter of water, swinging it around all day, every single day and, and not get weak. So we worked with a hinge manufacturer to actually make that, make that possible. Um, and yeah, we just over-engineered it, to be honest with you. Like yeah. there wasn't like, let's hit the perfect. It's like, no, this is over-engineered. It's going gonna, it's gonna to last. And we wanted to, you know, keep drinks hot and cold for 12 and 24 hours. Um, so, so really just, we do a thing called a Moscow. It's a must, should, could, won't structure. And just like really the design starts with writing before you even start sketching. Say so again, must, should, M could, won't. Could, won't, yeah. It's called Moscow structure. Um, you re remove the O's and, uh, you know, we start off by actually designing this by it with words. It must do this, it should do this, it could yeah. do this, it won't do that, yeah. got it. And then you start honing in, okay, so what's the design going to look like? How's it going to work? How's it going to hit all these things? We work with engineers and all that kind of stuff to make sure that the the uh, physics of it works so it can, you know, be worked fully functionally, yeah. whether it's full or empty. So so you got a great success story with uh, with Yeti obviously kind of reinventing the outdoor mm -hmm. product space and, you know, on the go, I call them, you know, halo related products. Yeah. What kind of brought you to the, to the water bottle? Was it the utility of, did somebody have a whole water bottle with them? Or like, why didn't you, like, I've got one of these like stands here, right? Like it's like, yep. a, like one of these stands. So what was it? Tell us about the conversation or the aha moment. No, it was that. keys to the trip. It was that trip, aha keys. moment. We were trying to take a group photo and it, was, it wasn't the first time we had tried to do this. We'd done it on a ski trip recently and we had done it on a hike. And it was like, you know, the, the aha moment was why doesn't this thing we carry with us hold the thing that we always try and balance against right, it? Right, right. You know, like you see it every time you go to the gym, people putting their phones against their bottles. 
And it just makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, you know, you think about direct-to-consumer. You obviously had success with that on on, on the prep side. You got a lot of health clubs here that already have members. They could be given out this this type of, uh, you know, as a promotional item and pay for it. Um, what's your thoughts on co-branding mm-hmm. or private labeling? Talk to us about those opportunities. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. My initial conception was, or my initial hypothesis was, there would be like 50% direct consumer, 25% retail, 25% corporate promotional, and it's kind of flipped. People have been knocking on our door since the day we launched this to try and collaborate on corporate promotional. Um, people are trying, you know, wanting it from every um, every different vertical. So whether it be um, people that have online platforms and they're actually, you know, for instance, like uh, fitness classes on apps that people are doing from home, outside, in the park. They're wanting to collaborate all the way through to um, people that have equipment that live at home and don't really get talked about outside of that environment. Now, by branding our product with this kind of hinge, you're like, you know, I use this to work out, but it's also great for FaceTime. And that conversation happens at the office and they can tell their friends about the the gym experience they're having at home, the workout experience they're having at home through that, so. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, you know, you, you've lived in several countries. Yep. Where do you where do you look at it as, you know, the, the entry point? Um, with any product, do you, do you always say I'm, I'm, or the last couple of products, do, do you have like a, do you have a city or a state or how would you think about it for this? Or what kind of account do you want to land yeah. to kind of set the tone? With regards to like the, the area of highest affinity, my new thing is I don't know <laughs> what I don't know. You know, I think it's so easy to start and be like, you know, the last product did really well in New York. So this is going to do really well in New York. I think I, I kind of look, I start again every time and just look at the data and see what happens because we do market broad and then focus in on where it works. But, you know, we've, we've had a lot of, majority of the sales have been in the US this time. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Have you done any research or can, I'm assuming you can do research, but because there's so many research firms out there that they come up with crazy shit. But is there like a water bottle use per capita where like there's certain like in certain cities you see like everybody's walking around with a water bottle. Yeah. Or if you work you're in like Venice Beach and you got a lot of bodybuilders around, they're all walking around with like a milk jug. Mm-hmm. You know, is that is there granular data like that, or is that like a little like that's a great idea, but like it's not really gonna tell you exactly what you want to know. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't no, know. I, I don't have that data. Loud. Yeah, no, but it's it's a, it's a good thing. I think I remember you can actually look up uh when we first started the previous company, we looked up meal prep on Google Trends right. and saw San Diego was actually the meal prep capital of America. And did you do anything about it? We just targeted heavier into you targeted, San, you did. San Diego. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would, we'll put this in the show notes, make a note for Ganolin. I want to find out like highest water bottle consumption or highest environmentally friendly where people actually bring a, a, a recyclable water bottle yeah. or a sustainable water bottle. Highest yeah. penetration range, and we just crush that area like a blue zone. That's the thing. It reminds me of high school. You know, when someone had, when a few kids had the the, the bottle, everyone had to have the bottle. Yeah, and or that's like why the I'm Star looking. Star Wars in, lunchbox. Exactly, and that's why I'm looking into the, the to the um, fitness space. I was in Venice, um, at the Golds there. Yeah. And speaking to a couple of the influencers there, speaking to a couple of the influencers there who. Um, who actually can't use tripods now because they've banned tripods in the gym. And they're like, I need this 
And I'm just thinking, why do you ban tripods? Just take up too much I room. I think too many people, people just, like, just kind of like with these wide legs really getting in the way. Um, you know, the way I see it is if I can get this to like 10 people within yeah. the gym, it's just going to take off amongst everybody. So that's really my focus at the moment. Yeah. I would think about, you know, a high-end club chain like, a you know, Lifetime or Fit Athletic here or um, an Equinox, like this this type of, uh, you know, graphite finish um, with their logo on it. I mean, I think this could kind of be a status symbol, you know, people walking around with these yeah. and carrying them like that. That's definitely the intention. Yeah. Do you have a clip that goes, you know, you, I, I'd probably put like my TRX clip on here, use TRX. I, I know it's here, you know, like yeah. that, that climber clip. Yep, like a I think carabiner. I would put that on my side. I put it on my uh, side of my belt buckle. You or just something. tip it on. Yeah, it went from a magnet standpoint. I know people aren't going to be able to see this here, but from a magnetization standpoint, does every cell phone have the same magnetic yeah. back? So, good question. The, Thank I, you. the iPhone 12 and above has uh, MagSafe built into the phone, so you don't even need a case. Um, uh, and then we actually make a additional ring. Yeah, so your phone work your phone works perfectly there. And then we have an additional ring. So say you got a Samsung, put that ring on there and, and it will work magnet. with it. Yeah. Got it. So how many people are in the company right now and, and given that you've done this play before, what are some of the things you've learned related to what's the sequential path of hiring? And maybe what did you maybe in the past what well, I don't want to name names, but let's say like the reason why I'm asking is because I, I see a lot of companies and they might hire somebody. I need a CFO. You actually needed a, a head of sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you, you kind of, you're stocking your back, you know, defense line, but you actually need a striker, yep. you know, and like, that's why you're not selling. So there's nobody for, to bean count if you can't sell. So mm -hmm. like focus on biz dev and sales where somebody might say, well, if I don't have my CFO, it's going to go off the rails anyway. So how do you think about your designer? You're obviously... A, you know, energized by sales and marketing, not yep. necessarily compliance. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you think about building a team and like who goes where when? Yeah, I think in this early stage, the sales solves everything is the motto. Yeah. Um, you know, it's if, it's if you just don't sell, everything stops. Um, if the moment you stop getting that revenue in, you're looking at your employees like, oh, someone's gonna have to go here. Yeah, exactly. So sales solves everything, I think um, is the motto. And you know, in terms of the playbook, we kept it really lean with the previous company, like really lean. It was two of us for a long time. Um, now we're up to four already, uh, fractional and full-time. And then uh, we're looking to continue to to kind of hire where we're seeing the areas of opportunity. So for instance, we've, um, I'm in the contract stage with a veteran of 30 years in the corporate promotional space. That could be uh, $30 million a year. And that could be the, and it's all cash and carry. So, you know, this is self-funded. The intention is to continue that way, and um, you know, I think the having having a someone like that that's bringing in those sales allows us to just take a little bit of pressure off, be more strategic. Yeah, and that's the plan. You know, when people are building businesses right now, we're we're a part of a business that is doing twenty six million dollars of revenue. Mm -hmm. Might have five employees mm -hmm. full time and outsource everything else. Yep. Um, Somebody looking at that business from the outside, they're so like, how are you pulling that off? That's a little bit trusting to say, like, I'm going to let all these outsourced people kind of, like, help fuel my business. At the same time, you know, it's relatively asset light, 
very low break even. A lot of people are on mm -hmm. influencer or, or sales commissions or affiliate payments. Mm -hmm. um, so as you're building a business, it used to be like, hey, I got 300 employees or I got 50 employees and people would like kind of wear that on their chest as like a badge of honor. Now it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure that the business warrants, you know, as much labor. And maybe mm -hmm. that's the business model. And it, you know, I'm, I don't care how many full-time employees I have because that's not an indicator of yep. my product. It's not an indicator of sales either. And I'm accomplishing, I'd rather spend my money on marketing that has a variable return on it than labor that once I design this product and it's bulletproof, like I'm not, how many customer support calls am I getting for, for this bottle? I don't know, maybe if it gets run over by like a, you know, an 18 wheel. And besides that, like we're probably not gonna get many calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you think about that of like what success means and how big a team you want to have or, or need to have, or maybe like that's not something you really think about until like there's this like severe need in the business that you yeah. can solve. I think you think about it a little bit before it's a severe need, but really it is around when that pain point starts to become apparent, you know, you can see something coming up in the weeks. I think uh, in the coming weeks, I think that the, you know, in the previous business, we like played soccer with all of us chasing the ball around. Yeah. And now we are trying to be, like have different segments in different areas because there's just so many opportunities here. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think that the a good blend of having some really good people around you, um, that really helps the whole team. If you're outsourcing everyone, everything, you're not going to have that. It's not going to be a great journey. And uh, I know your podcast always end with a quote. And um, Yeah, my, I was going to ask you one. Mine was, uh, mine is, um, the, the journey is the destination. And that's something that I've come up with in the last kind of year and really lived to. It's the uh, the day-to-day -day right. of the business yeah, is the destination. You enjoy the ride. Yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and I think also through COVID, you know, they've gotten beaten down to the point where if we're doing a football analogy, you know, it's like a two, two yards forward, one yard back, or like we're at the goal line. The goal line just actually got, we just, you know, moved the field another 10 yards. And it's always like, oh my God, when I get to there, then I'll be happy. And it's like, mm -hmm. You know what, like you gotta have a certain amount of wins and losses every day and you just better get used to it, mm -hmm. you know? I used to think that I was gonna go 30 and 0, you know, for a month after, yep. uh, you know, I turned 40 because I'm like, all right, I've seen everything. I'm not gonna make these mistakes. This is how things are gonna go. This is what I can control. This is what I don't control and like, let's just move forward. And the reality is life doesn't work that way, mm -hmm. you know, so. And you know, the first two years were prepped. We didn't take a day off. Yeah, exactly. And like now exactly. I'm like, you know, every, every other week I take a Wednesday off you know, just take an extra Wednesday off and just kind of like start to really enjoy the yeah. process and realize like this is my life, you know, like I'm not, I'm not delaying it till later. So, yeah, you know, yeah. having a good team, team of people around you is part of that. Yeah. When you think about um, the roller coaster ride and you had a, you had a good run on the first one. Yeah. Um, and I, I would suspect you're going to have a good run on this one as well. What are some of the things that concern you or what like as an entrepreneur being a paranoid entrepreneur what are some of the things that keep you up at night and or that your friends who are other entrepreneurs say like in this in this uh new era of like i want to share my weaknesses with you i want to tell you that i'm not that i'm depressed i want to tell yeah. you that this isn't working you know maybe not you but just in general what do you see people exposing that maybe they they didn't before and how are they getting help by like sharing it yeah, I think everyone, when you put put yourself in a high pressure situation, whether it be 
in a business or like trying to do something and put, be very vulnerable to expose yourself and put yourself out there to do something with no fallback plan. Of course, all of your weaknesses will come to the surface. Sometimes they'll be at 3 a.m. and you'll have that moment. Uh, but I just think that if you come at it with a growth mindset and you're like, wow, I'm really struggling with this. I'm going to look closely at what I'm struggling with and why I'm struggling with it. Uh, you can usually find real good growth in those moments. So for me, um, you know, just looking at it as a personal development journey alongside the business is how I kind of cope with that. And like yeah. look at them all as learning situations when I'm feeling that pressure. Um, because it, it is true entrepreneurship at this point. Like I'm going booth to booth. Uh, uh, sir. And, you know, one in 50 could be, you know, a huge opportunity for Ringo. Yeah. And that's like, you know, going into the unknown just with optimism. So as you look at this, uh, uh, this, this water bottle, Ringo, and you will be pictures and links here. Um, just give me like a wholesale price if I want to, if I want to private label this or do you have that yet? Yeah. Um, so the, the private labeling is, is always kind of like variable, but yeah, we usually direct would do like 30 to 40% off, um, the retail price. So have that in mind, like 30, 30 something bucks, 30 bucks, 33 bucks. That's what it would be for wholesale? Yeah, if I was to private label it and yeah. kind of uh, co-brand it. All right. I mean, the interesting part of this is, and people need to think about this here, you just give people T-shirts, you know, but they don't, they'd wear it once a week or once mm -hmm. a month or never. Yeah. Um, the interesting point here, that might be a good sales part of your strategy for clubs to say, like, somebody gets this water bottle, and once they get hooked on it, and I don't know what kind of data you have, they're probably walking around with this every day, pretty much everywhere they are, with an Equinox logo on it or Lifetime Fitness logo yeah. powered by, you know, or uh, this is my Ringo, mm -hmm. my Ringo or whatever. I think there's a lot of brand equity and impressions related to this that's super interesting. And then I think people would get jealous that they don't have one. Mm -hmm. If you're not allowed to use a tripod yeah. and you can use this. Well, Pete, once I give you one, you'll, you'll know what it is to be addicted to your Ringo. Like, this thing goes in the car, water bottle holder, then yeah. you're doing a FaceTime call, then you're on an airplane and taking watching a movie, and then yeah, you're... Definitely, it's definitely just in every aspect one. of your life. Yeah, definitely send me one, and then we're going to talk to the right people about this. Great. Um, that's that. awesome. Well, look, man, I'm glad you had success. I'm glad you're uh, now part of the Halo sector. Please tell Ringo is a, is a Halo device. And uh, look forward to helping you uh, make connections and uh, get this thing proliferated and getting people more more beneficial workouts because they can follow instructions visually. So, <laughs> awesome. Thanks, All right, bro. Great right, to see you again, man. Great to see you. Place from Blenda to San Diego, from Prepped to Ringo, and this story continues. <laughs>